Welcome to I Haven't Seen It, the podcast in which we try and explain the plots of movies that we haven't seen, or rather that my guests haven't seen. And this week I'm joined by James Kirkland. You. And Michael John Fadun. Hey there, Nick. Hey, James. I have known James and Mike both for long, long periods of time. Um, both are currently in California and both are affiliated with the movie uh, entertainment industry. Mm. James, we know. James is an amazing actor and all-round writer and author and person. Mm-hmm. And Mike is a an actual producer who has produced mm. films that exist on DVD and stuff. I, I was about to say, I think DVDs have, have, have gone the way of the VHS? Dodo. Is that yes. the one we're going with Well, now? it's making a comeback. Betamax. Beta. Betamax was a superior format. Exactly. It lost. But you can actually watch movies that he's made. Yeah. I, I believe this month on Hulu, The Devil's Double, that's my plug, is out. Is it really? Is it really out this month on Hulu? Yes. Oh, amazing. Mm, yeah, if you're watching this cool. podcast in the year of our Lord, 2021, then you can see it. Okay. Give us a brief summary of, for those who haven't seen it, a brief summary of The Devil's Double. The brief summary is, uh, it is the story of a man by the name of Latif Yahia, who uh, was actually the double of Uday Hussein. He was a man who was forced to become Uday's, not so much a body double, they call it a fide in Iraq. And uh, you essentially, you give up your life to become this other individual. And so he went through facial reconstruction. He had to speak like Uday. He had to walk like Uday. Uh, for those who didn't know the man, they would think he was Uday. And so this was, uh, you know, a brief glimpse of what this guy went through under uh, Saddam Hussein's regime and, and as living as the shadow of Uday Hussein, who, by the way, was a very sadistic individual as as if you don't know that already so it's a it's a good film directed by lee tamahori starring dominic cooper and um have you seen that movie james i haven't but i can tell you all about it would that be <laughs> your take on the plot no, no. <laughs> how much do you think that happens in real like in other countries i bet a lot i bet there's like doubles of every president prime minister yeah and i don't even think they that's got kind of old tech now they probably can just cgi it so you don't even really need to have a double. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think CGI stops bullets and stuff. If you, I think the whole point of a body double is that you can be in two places at once physically. Holograms, holograms. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start us off with the uh, movie of the day. This is legitimately one of my favorite movies. I've seen this movie many, many, many times. I used to be able to quote most of it verbatim, mm. but I've forgotten everything because I'm now old. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's called With Nail and I. Oh my goodness. Mm. With nail and eye. With nail and eye. The, yes. It's about a lonely carpenter who lives in the woods, who has nothing but his tools, and he's down to his last nail. Is that the path we're walking, or are we? Are well, we... that's up to you guys. That's up to you guys. Uh, why don't you start us off, Mike? Where are we? Uh, we in, in with nail and eye. Uh, the, the year is, uh, it's present day. It's gloomy, uh, not so near future. The economy is just tanked, like seriously tanked, like the drop everyone's been waiting for. And everyone's gone into survival mode. People are moving to farms. They're they're getting out of the cities. You know, people's savings have been shredded. Uh, and, and so people have had to pick up the hammer once again, you know, and then learn skills and actually build things and plant gardens. 
And then there's this man, you know, who's, who's, who's sort of left to, to you know, he's, he's got nothing. And he has to survive on his own. He's, he's had a chance. He's, he's got some, you know, basically a... Uh, his his you know knowledge from his grandfather that he was you know gifted and and a toolbox and he's he's gone into the great wilderness and he will rebuild. And uh, J- James, is this uh, maybe if I give you the title, spell the title for you guys? Um, mm-hmm. With nail is actually a name. <laughs> so it's that you spell it W I T H N A I L and I. Mm. Of course, that's the name of his nail. That's the name of his nail. Our lead character's <laughs> name is Yak Yakun Yakin. And Yakin is in this woods, and of course, you know he's he's escaped from this the technocratic collapsing smart cities. Could you could you say his name one more time? Yakin. 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 It's it's actually a, a he's he's from Yugoslavia, or what used to be known as Yugoslavia mm. before it collapsed. The former yes. Yugoslavia. Yes, but he lives in America, and now, unfortunately, by he immigrated to America, and now he's under he's he's witnessing the balkanization of America. So he's like, you know, oh my God, not again! You know, he's like, wherever where I go, the country turns into smaller countries. And Why fighting. does this keep happening to me? <laughs> Why again? Yes. So then he uh, he's in the wilderness, and the local technocratic, fascist, communist, corporatist. Which have all combined into one now, kind of. I was going to say that's a lot of different strains, but you're, you're, that's they've all conglomerated into one giant. It's the future, baby. We get the best of all, all, all three. Now we've all smashed them together, and they're very, but they're very woke too. So it's like they're technocratic, fascist, woke people who are kind of the councils of these decentralized pod communities that America has broken up into. And uh, they're coming around and they know he's got tools. They're like, Yakin, you've got tools that are good for the people. The people can use your tools. The, the, you know, Amazon needs your tools and you are Amazon. We are all Amazon now. And he's like, no, <laughs> but he, of course he knows he must. So he gives, he has to give them all his tools, except for he buries his, his hammer, which he is, is named Sam. And his one final nail with nail and burying them. He's also kind of now losing his mind because of hunger. He's been eating like some strange berries and uh, fungi in the forest to survive. So he's kind of losing his mind. And then when he unburies and he redigs up his nail and hammer, they can talk. Yes. They can talk to him. So he's, and you're never quite sure the whole movie is like, is he hallucinating? Is this a real, is this, a, you know, magical realism? It doesn't matter. To me, they, they can talk and they can sing. And they, they start like really uh, having a great time. Like really, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of this beautiful musical fantasy um, where the clouds have parted for just for maybe a break in the clouds just for his madness, you know, and, and he's, and, but then he kind of, you know, realizes that he, there is something he needs to build. I was just going to say, it's interesting that you're, you're talking about singing and music and drugs, because I'm going to give you the first little bit of trivia here for this film. Mm. This film prompted Jimi Hendrix's family hmm. to take back full control over the use of his songs because they so hated the use of Jimi Hendrix's music in this film and what it represented. Well, that's what the nail wow. is, right? The, the the nail becomes a symbol for for the mm-hmm. you know the, the the woke movement, the freedom of the people, and so when he raises that you know the hammer in one hand and the nail in the other, you know he's he's that guy. So this film was made in 1987. Oh yes, 
87, great year. So quite prescient if they're talking about woke uh, uh, and things like that in 1987. Mm. Oh, this movie was way ahead of its time. Sounds like it. Way ahead of its time. It knew things. It knew. So when, when, when the nail and the hammer, do they emerge from the earth like zombies? Does he dig them up? How do they come out? Well, he's, he's hallucinogenic, right? He's, he's tripping. So, you know, the things that, you know, James was describing of singing and, you know, and this is all in his head. You know, what, what is a happy-go-lucky story, I think, takes a turn. Because you have to have the turn. The turn is in every film. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think yeah. it turns dark. I, I think, you know, the, the nail and the hammer, this is a guy at the, you know, end of his rope. This is a guy in the woods, for Christ's sakes. You know, mm -hmm. you know he's, he's eating mushrooms and berries. He can't identify these things. He doesn't know what he's eating. He's definitely strung out. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it then becomes a survival movie. You know, I think he becomes hunted. You know, this is the man who's, who's, you know, used a hammer and a nail to get what he wants in order to survive. And he's being chased. And the cops are after him. It's that simple. So it's kind of quite a lot of genres in one film. It's genre bending for sure. This is genre. And it, that's what, that's it's, that's it's, you know, it's, it's, that's what makes it special. That sounds great. So this film was directed by a guy called Bruce Robinson. Not Yugoslavian. Yes. Not Yugoslavian. Well, it was directed by Bruce Robinson. No. Uh, who wrote... I don't know if you guys know a film called The Killing Fields. It's an amazing movie mm. called The Killing Fields. Yes, he wrote The Killing yes. Fields. Oh, another another time of communism, communist uh, terror. Right. So it's all coming together slowly. By director who used to live in Amsterdam, funny enough. He's got a theme. The, the, the Who used to live in Amsterdam? The director of The Killing Fields. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. What's his? Uh, uh, Roland Joffe, no? He, he didn't, do, didn't he do that? I don't know. I, I, you mm. could be very, you, 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 you know things about stuff. Mm. Could be. The film stars one of my favorite actors of all time, Richard E. Grant, who's currently in Loki, mm. but he's also been in like a billion other things. He was in Downton Abbey and Star Wars, but he was also going back as far back as Hudson Hawk and L.A. Story. Do you remember the evil guy? Yes. The evil... He's a Brit. Yes, exactly. Um, it also stars Paul McGann, who was in Empire of the Sun and in Alien uh, 3, yeah. I think. And it stars Richard Griffiths, who was in Harry Potter and Pirates of Caribbean. So it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very cool film. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen this film. I don't know how many times, but we're getting sidetracked. This film, according to you guys, is about a man who thinks that a nail and a hammer are singing to him. Am I right? So what, so what happens when they're singing? That's just one scene. There's like some, there's some great songs. Yes, there's some hit. There's some, hit, there's some real catchy tunes. But it's but then the, the, it, like the, uh, there's there's the there's the turn as we as we have discussed. So then that kind of the 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 tone goes dark. That's kind of when he's in his manic phase. And now he's going into his depressive phase. Obviously, this is also a, a movie about mental health, and he's manic depressive. Due to circumstance, you know, nothing really uh, his fault, his own. And then, of course, in the third act, it turns into a revenge movie because Richard E. Grant, as Yakin, has one friend in the world other than his hammer and nails. And it's not even a friend, really. It's the little girl in the homestead two miles down that he, he's been like kind of watching, but not in a creepy way, more in like, I'm just seeing if you're okay because it's kind of a sketchy situation. Well, when the woke Gestapo uh, communist fascist corporatists come and recruit her into the gulags, the, the American gulags, which they've, which they've re renamed the glugs, you know, to make it cool and American. Yeah, they go, oh, no, I got stuck in the glug. Uh, they, uh, then he 
truly snaps and using only his weapon of hammer and nail. It's like, how can this guy with just a hammer and nail kill 12 people? Well, that's why you have to watch with nail and eye because the third act is a bloody masterpiece. He is smashing into these houses and it's like, you know, he's it's a it's not a ranged weapon. You know, he's got to really get up close to uh, hammer. Right, I was going to say, you got to hammer and nail. Yeah. But with nail, is this like the red wedding? Are we talking like that kind of massacre? Well, it's not like a bunch of people. I can't. I can't give it away. I'm not going to give that the ending. You guys have to see this movie. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. But I mean, but he is just soaked in brains and blood at the end. And then he picks up his with nail, you know, and his hammer. And he's and it's like there's rain coming down, and he just screams. At, what is it? The word that he screams at the end of the movie? I forget. It's incredible. It's unforgettable. But I have forgotten. That. He says, "With nail and I." Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And somebody yes, corrects his it. English. That's it. And then he's shot. You know. And then like, yeah, yeah. He's like, "With <laughs> no, nail and me," and he's like, "No." <laughs> You're in okay. America. Speak the language. So, M- Michael. Uh, from a producer's point of view, do you think this film would be a success? I I, I think uh, we're we're in the movie bull run phase of of the pandemic right now, so you could put anything on the screen and it and it would make money. Uh, yeah, no, I I think um, I think there are a lot of you know very contemporary themes that that people would uh, from a movie from nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I heard you know Wesley Snipes was eventually you know was was up for the lead, and uh, you know I'd like to see that version. And then the lo- the logical next person to go to was Richard E. Grant after Wesley yeah. Snipes. Yeah, that's yeah. logical. Yeah, yeah, they're cast together a lot. What's interesting? This this I think this is a very funny little anecdote th- that I read about that when they did a preview screening of this film, mm. uh, and the director obviously was there watching the audience reaction. The audience reacted in no way at all. They didn't laugh. They didn't do anything. Mm. And so Bruce. Robinson thought the film was going to be a complete flop, and he basically had given up on his career. And then it turned out that that for some reason, uh, that most of the audience were entirely comprised of non-English speaking German tourists who had somehow ended up <laughs> in the <laughs> screening, <laughs> and that we were staying best. at a nearby hotel. I, I want to see that movie. Just a movie of the German audience, <laughs> the, the, the you know, starring Woody Allen, you know, the director who fails just because <laughs> a German tour bus was parked on the corner. Uh, is there anything yeah. you want to add Amazing. before I reveal the plot of the film? And uh, unfortunately, you guys were were quite far off. Correct. Oh, uh. yeah, yeah. Okay, listeners. Spoiler warning: If you do not want to know what this film is actually about, or you want to go through life believing what you have just heard James Kirkland say, stop listening now. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. And because the algorithms really don't care if you love us or hate us, make sure to leave a review either way. All right, back to the podcast. So the the film is set in the at the end of the 1960s, mm. and it's a story of two out of work actors. Mm. One called Withnail, played by Richard E. Grant, mm. and the other I, played by uh, Paul McGann, who basically they live in London. They live in Cam. I think they live in. I'm not sure exactly where they. But they live in London, and they have no money, and all they do is drink and take drugs and smoke cigarettes, and their flat is disgusting, and they're super depressed. And in order to get out of their sort of horrible situation, they decide to take a holiday to the Lake District in the north of England. And because they are overdramatic, melodramatic actors, they can't handle the countryside and the people there. And so all sorts of horrible things happen. Yeah, I... I, That's basically the film. I like our version. That's yeah, I liked our (laughs) version way better than than much more exciting. There's music. You could just make a movie about anything in the 80s. 
I mean, what two out of work actors do drugs? That's just like, it's <laughs> not a movie. How, do, how does that get, how do you pitch that? You get to another room. Yeah. What kind of box office receipts, Mike, are we looking at for your, for, for this film? I, you know, I, I think this was financed through the British Film Council, it sounds like. You know, this was this was a soft money film. So I, I don't think their intention was to make money. I think that they just wanted their 15% producer's fee and that's Slimies it. Slimies just giving money out for whatever you want. Oh, and then, and then hand them some BAFTAs and call, hey, God, what a, what a joke. <laughs> oh, you were fabulous. So good. Oh, it was tremendous. <laughs> Careful, guys, don't, don't burn all your bridges now. Oh, they're burned. They're burned. We can't, we can't go there anyways. <laughs> I never had a bridge. I never had any bridges. Just a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Support for having seen it comes from Squarespace. You know, whenever I am drawing shapes, which I often do, just to keep uh, myself busy during this time that it's unfortunately so hard for so many of us, that when I draw geometric shapes, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Sometimes I'm drawing circles. Sometimes I'm over here with triangles. You know, don't catch me with a dodecahedron because I don't know what how many sides that has and what I'm doing with it. That's where Squarespace really makes a difference. Squarespace is a space where you can draw squares, and the squares are perfect every time. They make it so your geometric doodling isn't for yourself anymore. These are professional squares. Squares that anyone could see are the same side on the top as the side, therefore making it definitionally a square. Squarespace does so much for me. They have an app where you can also see squares, see different sides of squares. Look at how the squares are perfectly, geometrically, exactly the same on top as bottom. And if you want to, you can even upgrade to cube. That's right, it's a square that has a three-dimensional aspect, which makes it so this top, bottom, side to side are all the same sides and the squares are perfect. Squarespace. Join now with promo code Haven't Seen It, and you get ten percent off your first square. Excellent. I, I definitely get one of those. What about you, Mike? I definitely get Squarespace. I, I I wouldn't get Squarespace. I would get Circle Space because why draw a square when you can draw a circle? The universe is infinite. It doesn't have lines. It goes on forever, just like Circle Space. Circle Space, where you can see infinity.